We are on episode 16 of the Summit for Wellness podcast. Here's what's coming up. Every mineral is going to play a different role in your body and every mineral is going to interact with every other mineral in some way. So some of them will work together, some of them will antagonize each other, um, but the mineral system in our body is very complicated. We want to look at the ratio of calcium to potassium on an, each individual's hair test. And when this ratio is elevated, um, you know, there's a certain way, place it's supposed to be, and when it's elevated, which 90% or more of the time it is, it correlates with sluggish thyroid activity at the cellular level. And what that means is your thyroid hormone, no matter what you're producing, isn't getting into your cells quickly enough for use, right? So basically that means you can't get your hormone like the way you're supposed to. So then your body just kind of slows down, right? Your body can't use thyroid hormone effectively. What's gonna happen? We need thyroid hormone for everything, right? Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Welcome back to the Summit for Wellness podcast. I am so glad you all are here. We've been getting a ton of really great feedback from people about the podcast and how much they've enjoyed um, a lot of the guests that we have been bringing onto the show and um, also getting feedback on other people that um, everyone wants to come onto the show. So if you have guests that you are really interested in, go ahead and send them my way, either email me so I can contact them or point them towards me. Um, that way we can keep bringing all of you, uh, these really neat guests for you to, uh, hear from. So keep, keep the reviews and keep the, keep the feedback coming. I love it. And in today's episode, we are going to be challenging some of the the um, health standards that we have been hearing about for a long time, like certain nutrients that we need to be taking on a daily basis and whatnot. So that's going to be one of the fun pieces about this podcast. Um, and it's also a lot of the nutrients that people don't really talk about, which are minerals and why minerals are so important and what they do for the body. So we will be talking to a mineral expert all about that. In some latest news for Summit Integrative Wellness, we are working really hard on finalizing a project that will make um, accessing our content a lot easier. So you'll have a way to uh, get to our podcast, get to all of our recipes, our workouts, our videos, our nutritional information, our health information, whatever it is that you want to access in a much easier and simpler way. And for um, all current clients, they will have specialized portals um, specifically for them that will have their protocols and everything that will go along with um, their success and helping them to be as successful as possible. So uh, that should get released here in the next couple of weeks. Um, 
And with that, we are going to be releasing way more content coming up so that there is a lot of content for people to access on um, that project once it is released. So I will keep everybody updated on when the final release of that is. And if you're a part of my newsletter, then um, you'll know right away. If not, go to summitforwellness.com and go ahead and sign up for the newsletter so you can know right when we release that. We also have some upcoming health programs that we are in the uh, current works for. Um, So just ways to help get people started um, in the right direction with their health, whether it's nutrition or exercise. Um, We want to be able to provide people with a low-cost opportunity to get their health started in the right direction and to help them get going with the the toughest part of any health journey, which is commitment. And so that's why we're trying to keep costs low so that people can check in with themselves to see if they are ready to make a commitment um, to themselves in order to improve their own health. Okay, we have a couple of uh, uh, sponsorships that we'll go through real quick. First one is Thrive Market, which is an online retailer for health food products. And most of their pricing is at wholesale pricing. Um, and if you go to summitforwellness.com slash thrive, then you can get uh, 25% off of your first order. So go ahead and take advantage of that uh, while that offer is available. Now, I live a little bit outside of Seattle, which is uh, probably considered the coffee capital of the world since Starbucks started here. Um, But people are usually really surprised that I don't drink coffee, nor do I drink caffeine in any way whatsoever. So I usually get a lot of questions about how do I have energy when I wake up and how can I get through the day without coffee because I never need it. And for the most part, that is all diet related. Um, Just the way that I eat allows my body um, to have the energy that it needs in order to get through uh, my everyday activities. But lately, I've been um, trying out some other items just to see how they work, especially with performance when I'm out uh, mountaineering and backpacking and whatnot. And one of those items is called Hannah. And what it is, is it is um, an Ayurvedic herbal blend in um, a ghee that is um, set up in a way that it'll help balance the body and uh, to balance your adrenal glands and to provide uh, sustainable natural energy. And I I don't use this blend too often because I don't need to, but I have noticed a huge improvement with my athletic abilities when I'm um, outdoors. So I have been using it more and more often when I am in the mountains doing some of my bigger climbs. And um, I I think it's really helpful. And I I love using herbs and natural products for... um, a way to biohack the body instead of using all these other foreign um, energizers like five hour energies or anything like that. So if you are interested in a more natural uh, way to get energy, then look into Hannah. Uh, So you can go to summitforwellness.com slash Hannah. That's H-A-N-A-H. 
and you can find out more information about their products. And I absolutely love them. They have stuff that you can use in your smoothies. Uh, they have go packets that you can bring with you on the go. That's typically what I use. Um, so get, go check them out. And another question I get a lot from people is, well, if you don't drink coffee, what do you think about bulletproof coffee? And I have a lot of opinions um, against bulletproof coffee just because of the way that uh, the body functions and uh, what coffee does to the body and um, how it stimulates the body, which any kind of stimulation turns off your digestive processes. So why would we be adding something um, that takes a little more digestive fire to break down like a fat into a coffee that stimulates us, that pulls us out of this um, uh, uh, ability to be able to um, actually digest. So we're trying to get into a parasympathetic state and the caffeine stimulates us and pulls us out of that. So I would love to talk to a professional um, that knows more about this process because everybody seems to um, be all about the bulletproof coffee life and I would like to challenge them. I would like to see um, what is actually happening within the body when you have caffeine and you're trying to digest food at the same time. So if you know of anybody that could uh, talk a lot about this subject that would know about it more from a scientific level, not from a um, uh, level of someone trying to push a product, then please send them my way. I would love to talk to them and get more clarity on this subject. Um, and see if my thought process on this is correct or if I am way out in left field. So please send them my way. Okay, enough with this really long intro. Let's get to the show. We all have heard of the different supplements that we are told we should take every single day, such as calcium and vitamin D or fish oil, or maybe we've heard of some of the stuff that we shouldn't have, like salt. Well, some these are some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today with uh, Lydia Joy, who is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, and for over two decades, she has explored varied diets and healing modalities, ranging from raw foodism, vegetarianism, to the principles founded by Weston A. Price. Through this, she has learned that you can reverse many health modalities by simply consuming real nutrient-dense foods, avoiding cheap processed foods, as well as balancing your body's biochemistry through hair tissue mineral analysis. She offers hair tissue mineral analysis as an excellent way to get a baseline on health issues, mineral imbalances, and toxic heavy metals in the body. This test allows her to create specific plans for clients based on their unique biochemistry and begin to move them out of disease state and into improved health. Welcome to the show, Lydia. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, so we already talked briefly about um, what you've been doing for the last couple of decades, but can you talk about <laughs> what are minerals and why are you so interested in them? <laughs> Well, um, yeah, totally. And minerals are so crucial to human health. Um, and I'm really interested in them because of how they support our health, but a lot because we have kind of an epidemic of mineral deficiency since um, we aren't getting it in our food as much anymore. 
And we know this because um, the Senate actually discovered this in the early 1900s that our soil was no longer mineral rich. And of course, you know, your food is only going to be as uh, healthy or nutrient rich as the soil that it's grown in, right? Right. So, you know, one of the reasons why I got into this was for my own health and my family's health. And um, I quickly realized that, you know, um, missing minerals can make a huge impact on your health. Um, so we can really kind of get an insight into the body. But our body is about 28% minerals. So that's a pretty big deal, <laughs> right? Um, Right. So can you talk about where, um, like what exactly is a mineral? We hear about some, we hear about salt, we hear about calcium, but is it something that grows on a tree or what is it? Well, there's a lot of minerals. Um, it, they're natural. It's a natural inorganic, uh, solid basically. Um, and there should be minerals in our soil a variety of minerals. There's some minerals that we don't really need much of, um, but there are some essential ones that we need for health, and there's a number of them. Um, probably most everyone's familiar with things like calcium, right? Um, but there's a number of them that we need for optimal health, and we mostly get them through our food. And um, they have all different roles. <laughs> every mineral is going to play a different role in your body and every mineral is going to interact with every other mineral in some way. So some of them will work together. Some of them will antagonize each other. Um, but the mineral system in our body is very complicated. So making sure we get enough minerals is only, it's, it's just hard to do today. Um, but it's imperative for optimal health. Um, if, if you want to talk about all the minerals, we could be here all day. <laughs> Do you want to pick out a few? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some a little bit later on, but, um, since minerals are so important to the body and the, the soil is pretty depleted, which means the food is really depleted of minerals. It, can we just take like one pill that has all these minerals and call it good because then we're getting the minerals in or does yeah. the way they interact mm. with each other matter? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would love to say, yeah, just go take a multi-mineral, you're good. Um, now, 
you know, if you can get a really good multi-mineral, it wouldn't hurt. But the thing is, is um, most people have an imbalance already in existence. So just taking a multi-mineral across the board isn't going to be enough to correct someone's health symptoms, you know. So if someone's in generally good health and they just want to take a multi-mineral, there's still stuff to know. Like you might not want to take iron if you're a guy. Um, you might want to make sure there's not too much copper in there or any copper in there just in case because that's a whole big can of worms. Um, and you might want to speak to somebody who knows the balance of nutrients to make sure you're getting a good one. Because <laughs> um, there are certain forms, right? So there's a lot to know. Um, but generally, if someone's in decent health and they just want to take a moldy mineral, they should talk to their health practitioner about that. But everyone else who maybe has imbalances or health symptoms or poor energy or um, digestive issues or hypothyroidism or blood pressure issues or, I mean, we could go on and on. Um, that would, wouldn't be enough to help you come out of the situation that you're in. You really want to look at your specific exact mineral pattern um, and see where you're at so you can work with someone to balance that in the body. And it, it's kind of complicated. It's like kind of like playing chess and learning a new language at the same time. <laughs> and to complicate it a little bit further, sometimes it's not necessarily about the mineral, but more about the mineral ratio in um, correspondence to other minerals, correct? Yeah, yeah. And there's a whole lot of things that affect the mineral levels in our body. Um, so it's a, it's a lot, there's a lot to consider for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, the ratios are very important. Uh, certain minerals to each other um, will affect and impact different systems of the body. Yep. So you mentioned that some minerals work with the thyroid, um, and there's a ton of people out there with thyroid issues, whether it's most likely hypothyroid or Hashimoto's. Some people have hyperthyroid. Can you talk about some of the minerals that uh, work with the thyroid and the hormones associated with the thyroid? Yes, 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 totally. So, yeah, this is a great topic, actually. Um and it's so interesting because a lot of people have thy thyroid issues and they'll go to their doctor and they'll try to get tested and they have all the symptoms, right? Uh, and their doctor will say, oh, your blood work is fine. And they're like, well, I don't feel fine, right? So if that's you and you're listening, you may want to listen up because, you know, there's more to it than that. So you're, and we know that thyroid hormone affects every cell in our body, right? and it regulates all our activity. So this is so important <laughs> um, because if you don't have good thyroid function, you don't have good energy, you may not have good digestion, um, and that's a pretty big deal. So um, in, in terms of minerals, um, we need to understand these different uh, aspects of how they work together. So let's just say, for example, you said the ratios are important, right? Right. And nobody probably knows what the heck we're talking about. So what we're talking about is a mineral pattern through a hair tissue mineral analysis, which Brian also practice uses, right? Correct. Um, and we want to look at the ratio of calcium to potassium on an, each individual's hair test. And when this ratio is elevated, um, you know, there's a certain way, 
place it's supposed to be and when it's elevated, which 90% or more of the time it is, it correlates with sluggish thyroid activity at the cellular level. And what that means is your thyroid hormone, no matter what you're producing, isn't getting into your cells quickly enough for use, right? So basically that means you can't get your hormone like the way you're supposed to. So then your body just kind of slows down, right? Your body can't use thyroid hormone effectively. What's going to happen? We need thyroid hormone for everything, right? So that's a big one um, that we can look at through the hair and understand about the body that is so helpful to people when blood isn't showing us what we're trying to find. You know what I mean? Um, so that's a bigger one. And the higher the level of someone's hair tissue calcium in general, the lower the effective activity of the thyroid gland. And um, this can occur because one of the effects of T3 and T4 is to lower calcium levels in the tissues and at times in the blood. Um, and lower calcium is, you know, a different issue, but um, if T3 and T4 aren't working properly, you know, this can start to accumulate. So the other uh, mineral, potassium, is actually uh, associated with the cellular effect of thyroid hormone. And when it's low, which I'll just tell you, I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hair analysis on people, and the majority of people have a low hair tissue potassium. Um, so this also is going to be associated with a reduced cellular effect of thyroid hormone. So you have both of those two together, <laughs> right? And then, you know, you've got a bit of a problem on your hands in terms of getting your thyroid hormone where it's supposed to go, right? Um, so, you know, it's just a known uh, factor that low potassium is going to be associated with a reduced sensitivity of your uh, mitochondria receiving thyroid hormone. Um, so, yeah, so basically you're just not getting that hormone properly. So let's talk about what calcium does to the cell level and why calcium would be so high, especially since we're told that we should take calcium every day. Um, can you talk about what calcium does to the cell membrane? Well, it basically has a hardening effect on the cell membrane. Um, calcium in excess, when it can't go where it's supposed to go, is going to have a hardening effect in the body. So there's a whole big problem with calcium because, number one, we were told to take it for so long, right? We're taking just calcium apart from its cofactors. Uh, calcium in the body needs all these other things working properly for it to be taken up where it's supposed to go, right? And most people have those factors out of place. <laughs> and so we have this epidemic of calcium being built up and not able to go where it's supposed to go in the body. Um, so it's a really complicated metabolism in the body of, of us being able to get our calcium right and where it's supposed to go. So I've seen it where most people have this imbalance and the calcium isn't going where it's supposed to. So it has a hardening effect in all these different areas of the body and the cells are one of them. So one of the really interesting things um, is that too much calcium will actually suppress our adrenal glands. 
And um, in order for our kidneys to hold on to enough magnesium to keep this calcium in balance, um, then we lose other minerals. So we can lose uh, sodium and potassium and it can, and it can be continuously excreted in our urine. So it's going to drain those stores of those minerals even further. And so when we lose the magnesium and we already have too much calcium, it can push it even further. So it's really complicated. Um, but if you, but one thing I like to tell people is that, did you know, like that calcium hardens concrete? If you think about that for a second, like, it's like, oh, and do we really want all this calcium in our body? Uh, without anything else, you know? Um, so it just it just has a hardening effect. It can even have a hardening effect on your bones in a bad way. So if you think about chalk, you know, chalk is solely calcium carbonate. It has nothing else in it, right? And what can you do to chalk? It scrapes off. It scrapes off? What else? What if you dropped it on the ground? It shatters. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So our body, you know, is a lot more complicated than just bones are made of calcium. Bones are actually made of lots of minerals. Um, and so we've kind of gotten ourselves in a conundrum with the calcium by number one, being told to take a lot of calcium, which is not exactly the best approach. And, and that's only one of our issues. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned that uh, magnesium kind of works with calcium. And uh, if you deplete the magnesium stores in the body, then the calcium is going to uh, come out of balance. So uh, where can we get magnesium and what are some of the roles that magnesium has in the body? And is it easy to find in food? That's a great question. So where can we get magnesium? Well, we should be able to get it in food, but... Um, again, most of our food is going to not be very uh, magnesium rich because it's just not in the soil. So we just always have to assume uh, it's going to be harder um, to get it, right? So I do have a list of magnesium rich foods. Um, let me go grab it and I'll go through it. Um, but uh, it is hard to keep magnesium in the body because... We lose it very easily through stress. Um, excess sugar depletes magnesium. Actually, quite a lot of magnesium is required to process sugar by the body. So that alone, everybody's probably thinking, oh, well, I eat a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, maybe you don't, but, you know, if you have a history of it, you know, and you never knew anything about magnesium, you still could be um, deficient, right? So yeah, magnesium is a big one actually. And I did a whole podcast about it before. So if you want to link that for your, yeah, I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. So, um, it's in, uh, whole foods, obviously, um, things like wild rice and, um, uh, black eyed peas are great actually. Not many people probably eat black-eyed peas. Um, cashews, <clears throat> greens, um, uh, things like even some blackstrap molasses you could get a little bit. Things, Any whole food that is grown well is going to have more magnesium than 
the standard American diet or a processed food or, you know, like a white flour product or something like that. Um, and for so many years, most people have eaten probably a more processed diet. And that alone is going to cause you to need even more magnesium as well. So, yeah, so there's a lot of really great, um, even dark chocolate has a little bit. <laughs> so beet greens are great. Swiss chard. I love the greens, like the really dark leafy greens. They have quite a, a bit. Um, things like quinoa, certain um, uh, seeds like sunflower seeds, uh, almonds, sesame seeds too. I don't know how many people actually eat sesame seeds, right? Um, so those are some of the foods that I'm remembering. There's probably more, <laughs> um, but those are all good sources. But, you know, depending on the individual and their size and their deficiency, it can be really hard to get enough stored magnesium back into the body. So another thing that people could do is use topical magnesium because your body can absorb it through the skin and then it doesn't have to go through the digestive tract and actually be pulled out of your food and digested and broken down. Um, so we can do topical magnesium and there's a lot of ways to do that, but we can get it through magnesium chloride flakes, for example. Um, that's a great way for to help your body absorb magnesium a little better. So with the magnesium flakes, are you saying like take a bath with the magnesium flakes? Is that going to get it into yeah. your skin or? Yep. So you could take, so there's a couple ways you could do this because um, it's always nice to have options, right? So you can use these magnesium chloride flakes that you can buy and can buy them in bulk and get them online and dissolve them in water. You can put them in a foot bath. You can put them in a bath. You can get magnesium lotion, oil, or spray, and these are all ways you can apply them to your body as well. Um, and it really just helps your body to uh, hold on to it through your skin. And so people who have like a lot of pain or tension or aches or maybe even muscle spasms or cramping, um, it can be a really quick way to relieve that. Um, cause those all are symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So I know some people when they put like a, a magnesium lotion or a spray on, sometimes it makes them itchy. Do you know why that would be? Yeah. What, what kind of what we believe is that in some cases it's just because they're so deficient. Um, and some people it's just, they have more sensitive skin and we just don't know why, but a lot of times what I found is if people keep doing it, um, over time that dissipates as their body starts to build up stores again. Um, now the problem is some people don't want to feel uncomfortable and do it to begin with. Right. <laughs> so I've told my clients, like, just do the foot baths instead of the spray or gel or lotion, which is the one that usually people find it is itchy or, or irritating. Um, so there's a workaround <laughs> to make sure you, you can keep doing it without that discomfort. But usually the people who stick with it find over time, it, it doesn't bother them as much. And how many uh, different processes in the body is magnesium needed for? Why is magnesium so important? Oh, it's, we well, need it for everything. 
Um, yeah, let me go pull up my little magnesium notes and we'll get all nerdy. Um, yeah, we need it for pretty much everything. It's used in every cell of the body. Um, and <laughs> like I said, it's so easy to, um, for us to lose it. It's an intracellular mineral. So it's, you know, deep within our body. We need it inside of our cells. So if you think about how we need it inside of our cells, our cells have a big job to play, right? Not a lot of people probably really know what the cells do. <laughs> we don't we don't really think about this. Um, but it's important to have, you know, magnesium in our cells because it helps us with all these functions in our body, like in our muscles and our heart uh, contraction, nerve conduction, things like that. So anybody with a heart issue, um, anybody who has cardiovascular and they're like, their heart starts to beat too quickly, things like that, that's, you know, that's a, a magnesium need. Um, so um, we really need magnesium. It's very life-saving and it, it's really critical for every function in our body. We actually need it for insulin to work and for those of you who don't know, insulin is so important to regulate our blood sugar so we don't um, become hypoglycemic or have issues like diabetes. Um, we need it. It helps us, you know, w uh, metabolize our carbohydrates. Um, it helps uh, with our red blood cells capacity to carry oxygen. Um so many things. Um, and some of the actual symptoms, which maybe people will relate to better, uh, can be pretty serious. Um, so like even a mild symptom like fatigue or constipation um, can be related to, in some degree to magnesium. Um, people who maybe have um, cravings, headaches, uh, even hiccups, <laughs> um, or if you're just irritable, if you're somebody who's just like super, like you snap really easily, that can be related to um, magnesium deficiency and you're, maybe you have a lot of nervousness. Um, women especially are going to have a greater need for magnesium when they're having children. We need a lot more magnesium to be able to carry a healthy pregnancy. And women are the ones that will lose stores of magnesium to give it to their children. So that's another one if you've had children. Um, people with asthma probably have some level of magnesium deficiency. I, that was me. I struggled with um, asthma from my teen, early teen years till... Uh, my early 40s and that, in the last two years is when I finally stopped needing an inhaler and that's when I started building up my magnesium. <laughs> um, you know, hypertension can be related, insomnia, people with migraines, any kind of nerve problem, PMS, um, osteopenia or even osteoporosis, but osteopenia because it's a precursor um, you know, we, that's when we really need to pay attention to our minerals big time if we want to prevent osteoporosis from setting in. 
anybody who's on the pre-diabetic range, which is becoming more and more common, right? Um, so you can get your insulin uh, regulated. What range are you and, looking at there? Oh, I like to see it under five. So I like I like five six or under. Okay. So five seven, I think five point seven A one C is considered pre-diabetic, right? Is that what you see? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're close to that, you know, you want to pay attention, <laughs> right? Um, and then more serious issues like somebody who maybe has like calcified mitral valve, um, so any severe uh, heart issues, um, somebody who has uh, celiac, um, that's a big one because we can't hold on to our nutrition when we have celiac. Celiac is basically your small intestine is struggling to absorb your nutrition. Um, anybody with diabetes, obviously, uh, and hypothyroidism, that's another one. Um, so there's a lot, I mean, we could sit here all day, but the, the people who have light threatening, um, challenge with my, because of magnesium would be somebody like with alcoholism, uh, or congestive heart failure or, you know, stroke or any of these more serious conditions, um, you know, magnesium is going to be critical for these people. Um, kids with uh, ADHD behaviors, um, irritability, kids are more and more commonly um, having a deficiency of magnesium. I've seen that a lot. So it's pretty big deal. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah, it seems like it's it plays a role in a lot of different processes in the body, which now that people hear that, they might go out and get as much uh, magnesium as they possibly can and start shoving it in their faces. <laughs> so is there right, is there right, a way right. to take too much magnesium or are you okay? So yeah, you really do want to be careful. So yeah, that's I'm glad you're disclaiming that because you're right. More is not always better. You know, don't just go, oh my God, I need magnesium. Let me just go take a bunch. Because people do that <laughs> and they mean well, they, they do, but you want to make sure that you're not just running out and downing a whole bunch. I have had people actually put themselves into worse adrenal fatigue from doing that. So because remember at the beginning how I said every mineral has an effect on every other mineral in the body. And some, when you give too much, will push others out of the way. So magnesium is in our cells and sodium is outside of our cells. And so too much magnesium can push out your sodium and you can get really fatigued and crash your adrenals. So you wanna be careful. I, a rule of thumb is for women, two to 400 milligrams. For men, three to 500 milligrams. That's a safe bet usually. But again, if you have any kind of serious health problems, you really do wanna be work, talking to someone about this before you just go take it. Um, there's also different forms and different forms have different roles in the body and so on and so forth. So um, a decent, a uh, way to get your magnesium more safely would be the topical, like we just talked about. So you're not, it, it's just less risk of overdoing it. <laughs> so that's a safer bet for people. If they just want to go out and get magnesium into their body, that's probably a better bet. Um, 
to start with until you're able to, you know, maybe work with somebody to really assess more fully what your needs are. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about iron with women and also let's go into copper with women as well? Um, iron, I'm still is one that I'm still writing my whole framework on. So let's do copper and okay. iron is tricky, you guys, by the way. Um, but yeah, that is a good one. Copper is um, something most people don't know about. Um, so, but it's a huge one. Um, so most people don't even know that they need copper in their body for health. Um, but here's the thing, iron, we've been told to take iron. Women have been told to take iron. Um, men usually, you know, no, don't take iron, guys. You don't really need it because you're not menstruating and losing blood every month. Uh, women are menstruating and losing blood every month. And, you know, also when they're having babies, they their body increases its need for iron to help build their blood because they're, you know, increasing the amount of blood that they uh, require to carry a life. And then they need stores of it for childbirth because they're going to be losing a whole bunch of blood, right? So, and they're giving a lot to the baby. Well, here's the problem with iron supplementation. If you don't know, if you don't know for sure that you really need it, it can actually affect your copper metabolism. Um, and it can cause constipation, by the way. I don't know if women know that. If you ever start an iron supplement, be prepared to get constipated. <laughs> um, but it, this is risky because we could, we have been told to take iron. I was told I was anemic when I was 18 and I needed to take a ton of iron. Um, now I only did it for two weeks and then I stopped and then my iron was fine. Um, but you know, if people are doing this long term without looking at the copper piece, it could, it could cause a lot of problems. So what I will say today about iron is that it's far more complicated than just go take an iron supplement, um, even if your iron shows up low in your blood. You really need more information. You need to kind of know your ferritin, which is your stored iron, and then you really need to see a hair test because you need to know what all your other minerals are doing so you can balance them. Um, but copper is fascinating to me because the majority of hair tests that I see, people are suffering from health conditions related to their copper being out of balance. And when I say out of balance, it's usually they have too much copper built up and stored in their body. Um, we still need copper for our health on a daily basis, but not a lot. Um, but it's very easy for copper to get stored and built up. And there's a lot of reasons for this. And it's kind of beyond the scope of this podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, some of them can be simply being exposed to copper uh, water from copper pipes, especially if it's like a more acidic water and you're, you're just drinking from your tap water. There, you know, there could be some copper buildup in our, in our water in our homes there's going to be a copper buildup if you have an intrauterine device like a copper IUD that's going to deposit a lot of copper into your body and then your body has to figure out what to do with it uh, so it's going to store it because it can't use it all um, so women who have an IUD especially for any length of time they're going to have some serious copper 
um, excess. Um, birth control, that's going to um, uh, affect our copper status as well. Um, so there's some, and then there's um, copper sulfate or something, I believe, in uh, pools to help keep the water um, pure. So if you're in a swimming pool all the time, you're going to have more copper exposure as well. Um, so those are a couple of ways that you can have copper excess. Um, and then your body's got this burden to, to figure out what to do with it. Now, we need copper. It's present in all our body tissues, um, but it's not a lot. It's actually like less than is contained in a copper penny. Um, and we, we can absorb it from our stomach and our upper intestine, and we're, we're supposed to be able to absorb it very quickly. Um, so if we're getting exposed to too much, you know, our body just has to figure out what to do with it. So um, we also need this uh, cool thing called ceruloplasmin to help us regulate it, and our liver produces that. Um, and our, the ceruloplasmin helps us um, carry it across the gut wall. Um, and so we need that to work properly, too. <laughs> So there's a whole bunch of things we need to know, but let's just say, I'll tell you, so many women are suffering with issues related to copper. And I'll go ahead and let me see if I have my list of symptoms here so we can talk about it. It's, it's a big deal. So I, I work with mostly women and they'll have issues like anxiety and depression and PMS and, um, you know, they'll usually present with hypothyroid symptoms and have a slow metabolism and so on and so forth. And they feel wired but tired, you know, that kind of conundrum. Because um, copper can be very stimulating to the brain. Um, and it can, so we can feel underneath it all, we're tired, our bodies are tired, but we have this stimulus to our brain, so we feel wired at the same time. Um, so... The most severe symptoms could be like schizophrenia or senile, uh, issues with senile, being senile, um, or even learning disabilities. Those are all gonna be connected to copper, believe it or not. Um, so the, the, actually, let me pull up this really cool document. Give me one second, and it talks about all the um, health conditions related to copper. And then that way people, if they hear them, they can say, oh, well, maybe I need to learn about this or get someone to help me with this. Um, so when we have too much copper in the body, the body has, is going to have some side effects from that. So we can have anxiety, which I said, the wired and tired feeling, emotional sensitivity, where we just get so easily upset and we're like, why am I crying at a commercial? Um, mood swings. Um, even anger, mental illness, some of the more severe ones, like I said, schizophrenia, um, bipolar, ADHD, memory and concentration is a big one. And that's going to affect, that's going to come from, you know, that, that slow thyroid thing too. Um, strong self-criticism, headaches, migraines, migraines is a big one, by the way, for copper toxicity, especially around cycles because copper and estrogen have a, a kind of a connection there. So when estrogen rises, copper rises, and 
a lot of times women will notice they get migraines at certain times of their cycle, right? That's good to know. <clears throat> Insomnia, um, skin problems, hair loss, yeast infections, a big one, by the way. Um, so if you have a, someone with a yeast infection problem, they probably have a copper problem. Um, and then estrogen dominance and copper go hand in hand. Um, joint aches and pains. So while I'm sitting here telling you that too much copper is more common, sometimes people can be deficient in copper. Um, and that's going to be more connected to iron deficiency, like a true iron deficiency. Um, women who have, have gone through menopause and have low estrogen. Um, people with skin pigmentation issues, you know how sometimes they have those little white patches on the skin and they don't know why um, that could be connected. Um, autoimmune issues can be connected to copper deficiency. That could be one piece of it. Low white blood cell count is another thing. If you see that, you may want to consider looking at copper as well, which most doctors won't do. They'll, they'll, they'll look at iron, but they won't look at copper. Um, osteoporosis. We, we need copper for our bones. <laughs> um, we need it for our heart and we need it to help regulate um, pathogens in the gut. So people who are copper deficient can be more susceptible to things like parasites. So there's a lot of things connected to copper and now fixing copper isn't ever going to be the, the only thing you have to do, but it's something that most people are not looking at and it's connected to a lot of these things. And it's going to also, um, be, uh, connected to, you know, being able to improve your adrenal and liver and gut health too, um, will also help you deal with a copper issue from person to person. And that's why working with a practitioner like yourself who's able to see those different relationships is so important because it's someone like you that can help these people work through these type of issues that no one else is looking at. Yeah, and you can, you really don't want to try to do this yourself because when you're trying to regulate your copper in your body, you can have some side effects along the way and you you won't necessarily know what they will be and you, you want to, you know, you want to have someone guiding you through the process and it can take time, you know, it can just take some time. So, um, if you're trying to do it on your own, you might give up and be like, well, this isn't working. <laughs> um, and I know like for me, for example, I, I unloaded a lot of copper already. So I've been there and I know what it can feel like. And I also know you can start to get relief even while you're still trying to deal with it. So, you can feel a lot better just getting the process started, you know, um, but it can take time in some cases, especially if a woman has been on the pill or had an IUD like that's you definitely want to work with somebody if that's you, you know, for sure. Right. And earlier you mentioned acidic water, which got me thinking about uh, water softeners and water hardeners. Can you talk about what that does to your mineral levels? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's so hard because there's so many different variations when it comes to water. Um, so like, I'll give you an example. If you have a water softener, um, Jessica's so much better at talking about this than me cause she's more factual about it. But 
basically the, the water softener is going to deposit more sodium into your hair sample. So your body is going to get some of that too, right? So your body's going to get some of the, the, um, whatever's in the water softener to change the water. So it's not super hard, right? Um, so many people will have a water softener to, to deal with that so that when they're showering, you know, it's not like drying out their hair and all this stuff, but you know, sometimes it can have an effect on you as well. Um, a lot of people have, uh, that may have well water and they think, Oh, I have well water. My water's fine. I drink from my well, so I don't need a filter right? I don't drink city water. I'm fine. Well, <laughs> every single solitary person's well water is going to be totally different and totally unique to the location that you live in. So when it comes to water, um, we have to do detective work with every single person because their water situation is going to be different. So I, I can't really go into all the little nuances, but if you do have some type of specific filter to change your water, um, you know, it'll benefit you on one level, but it could change things on another, you know? Um, so it's just tricky. I don't want to like scare people, but <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be afraid of your water, but it just plays it. And water is so huge because, you know, we have to, consume it every day or we'll die. Right. So that, that's the other really cool thing about assessing your, your health through a hair test or even testing your own water just to get a better understanding of, well, gosh, what am I putting into my body every day? Um, cause it can be so complex to really go into every little thing. Some areas will be higher in different heavy metals as well. It'll be in our groundwater. Um, we can get that in wells. We can get our well water can have some heavy metals in it. It could have things like strontium or arsenic. Um, and you just don't know unless you've tested your water. So that's a whole nother interesting aspect of understanding, you know, minerals um, and how they support your health is just knowing what's in our water. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a perfect segue because I wanted to get into heavy metals next. So can you talk about what are heavy metals and um, why should be, we be aware of these? Yeah. Well, so um, heavy metals are, uh, you know, going to be important uh, to understand because they uh, – you know, are going to affect our health in a negative way. Um, we don't want them in our body really at all. Um, now our body when it's healthy could deal with some load of heavy metals, um, but not too much. And in today's, uh, world, unfortunately, we're exposed to them more than ever. So heavy metals are things like, um, aluminum, arsenic, mercury, uh, lead, cadmium, uh, uranium, um, what else? I'm forgetting. Those are the biggies. <laughs> Those are the ones that most people probably know what they are. Um, 
and are the mo most common ones we see, right? Um, but heavy metals are not necessary for us to use for our health like minerals are. And what can happen is they can uh, accumulate in our body if we're exposed to them, on which we are, they're in our environment more than ever, like I said, um, and they can displace minerals, actually. So if we're being exposed to heavy metals in the environment, um, you know, let's say, for example, glyphosate. We know glyphosate is being sprayed on our crops, and there's aluminum in glyphosate. So we're getting all this extra aluminum, like, in the air and in the crops and in the ground, right? So it's good. then it's going to get in our water. So wherever people are growing crops that are being sprayed with glyphosate, there's going to be a lot more aluminum exposure. Um, so then when you get all this exposure, the body's like, okay, now what do I do with it? <laughs> and it'll find a way to put it somewhere. And if we keep getting too much... Um, different metals will get stored in different areas of the body. It can even get stored in our, you know, organs and glands and tissues um, and in enzyme binding sites where minerals are supposed to go. Um, so if the mineral isn't there, like for use, the body will say, oh, here's this heavy metal, let's use that instead. Now that heavy metal can actually function for us, but not effectively like the mineral could. And so then we can have problems there too. So understanding that we all have exposure, we kind of can't avoid it perfectly today. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it just, you know, the, the more we are becoming uh, aware of this, the more I think people are gonna wanna hopefully realize, oh, this could be a problem for me for my health. Um, so in order to really replace them, the first thing we need is minerals, right? Um, and minerals will help us have more overall energy to help us, uh, you know, eliminate them to begin with. So some of the, um, let's just talk about aluminum for a second. I, I told you aluminum has, is uh, in glyphosate. Maybe most people aren't even familiar with glyphosate. I'm assuming your readers or listeners probably are. They should by this but, point. <laughs> but things like aluminum foil or aluminum cookware, um, cans, aluminum cans. We, you know, we've had, I grew up, I mean, we had aluminum foil on all our food, right? Like mom would pack up the leftovers, cover them with aluminum foil. Um, we would drink out of aluminum cans. Um, our antiperspirant has aluminum in it because aluminum does a function to help you with BO, but here's the thing, your body absorbs that aluminum. Um, so that's a problem. Um, antacids have them. Fluoride is actually a byproduct of the aluminum industry. And you, we all know, I don't know about you, but I grew up with getting those fluoride treatments as a kid. Um, and then they started putting fluoride in all of our dental products. And even in some locations in the water. Yeah, city water <laughs> is a big one. So I was exposed to aluminum for a lot of years. Um, you know, so there's a lot of places that we can be exposed to something like aluminum. And aluminum is one of the lighter heavy metals. Um, so it's a little bit easier to get out of the body than 
some of the other ones. Um, but some of the symptoms from aluminum alone could be memory loss or dementia or fatigue or skin rashes or behavioral difficulties. Um, I see a lot of kids with ADHD behavior have really high aluminum on their hair test. Um, and their mom's like, oh, you know, maybe it's just my, cause it's, it's, he's a kid and, you know, but, oh man, he just overreacts about everything. And maybe that's just his personality. I'm like, no, <laughs> they have, you know, a little bit of aluminum toxicity and some other things, you know, um, and it can also affect your digestion and your bowels. So that's just aluminum. So then we add all the other metals. And if everybody has more than one, it can really affect your overall health in a lot of ways, right? So it's important to understand that so you can recognize it's possibly affecting you and then get solutions in place to support your health so you can help your body safely and gently get the heavy metal out in an effective way. Yeah, that's great information. And like we talked about earlier, to find out if you have heavy metals that you need to remove from the body, find a practitioner that is using hair tissue mineral analysis in their practice, like Lydia. And that way they can tell you what you need to do in order to safely remove these metals from your body. Now we're getting close to the end of our time together, Lydia. Can you talk about the program that you have for practitioners to learn how to utilize hair tissue mineral analysis in their own practices and to be able to help more people by looking at their mineral levels? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I have a program called Holistic Mineral Balancing, which I co-created with uh, my colleague Jessica Bischoff. And this program was created uh, as a labor of love <laughs> to really help others um, learn more about the mineral system uh, how to utilize the hair tissue mineral analysis effectively to create programs for individuals to help correct their health. And it's over 20 hours of instruction through um, online trainings, transcripts, uh, lots and lots of handouts. Um, and we also have a private uh, support group as well as monthly Q&As to help answer your questions. And um, we support the practitioners through a couple case studies of their own so they can run the hair test on an, a couple individuals, create a protocol, implement the protocol. And then hair analysis is not, is not intended as a one-time thing. It's really meant to continue to support the person for as long as necessary to recover their health. So we do recommend retesting every two to four months, depending on, you know, the individual. And so we support the retest process as well. So you, so you get familiar with that, know how to handle it, um, what you're looking at, how to write a follow-up protocol, and so on and so forth. Um, so it's really great. Um, we've had over 60 practitioners um, take the program. Some of them are still taking it now. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback. It's been a great resource for many folks. Um, we do talk a little bit about pricing and marketing and that kind of thing. We have a lot of practical um, material for you to use directly with your clients. So you don't have to go and create anything on your own. 
Um, it's all done for you. So you can kind of take the ball and run with it right away, <laughs> which is nice. Um, and we actually recently made it uh, so that you can take the program and fit it into your schedule. So there's no uh, deadline as to when you're supposed to finish it or no test dates or any of that kind of thing. We really wanted to make it easy for the practitioner to get a hold of the content, start to learn it at their own pace and use it as quickly or as slowly as they want. <laughs> Yeah, and I've taken the program um, when you first launched it, and I highly recommend the program. It's it's a very well-done program, and you learn a lot from the minerals when you're working with people. So I'll link to Holistic Mineral Balancing in the show notes for anybody that's interested. You also have a Facebook group, Healing with Mineral Analysis. Can you talk about that group a little bit? Yeah, it's Healing with Mineral Balancing. Um and, and anyone's welcome to join. And this really kind of diving into, with a big focus on minerals, because they're, you know, they're the spark plugs of life and they're so important. But really it's a group to discuss health through the use of hair analysis primarily. But, you know, we talk about health insights regarding minerals, adrenals, thyroid, energy, sleep, chronic health conditions, and more. So there's a lot of people in there just trying to learn, um, but also get some encouragement, maybe find community, that kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, post in there frequently with um, offers for support as well as tips, uh, sometimes food inspiration, <laughs> you know, the whole gamut. So, you know, there's a lot of great people in there. If, if that sounds like your cup of tea, come on over and join us. And is there anywhere else people can find you on the interwebs? on the interwebs. Yeah, my website is pretty slow right now. I, I haven't had a lot of time to write, but I do have a um, newsletter. So if they come over to my website, divinehealthfromtheinsideout.com, I have this free gift called 52 Healthy Habits to Take Care of Your Body. You'll see like a cool little picture to grab that. You can sign up and get that awesome book. Um, and that's where I send most of my updates and um, what's going on and encouragement and so on and so forth through my newsletter. Awesome, Lydia. Thanks for coming on and nerding out with me all about minerals. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. To find out more about Lydia Joy and her programs, you can go to my show notes or you can go to Holistic Mineral Balancing if you want to join in on her practitioner uh, program. Or you can go to Facebook. Uh, the group is Healing with Mineral Balancing and join there to learn more about minerals. If you enjoyed this episode of the Summit for Wellness podcast, then please subscribe on whatever podcast channel or app that you're listening to. And if you're on iTunes, if you could leave a rating and a review, that would help me to uh, get this show out to a lot more people. And those ratings and reviews do matter. So if you could take a couple of seconds to do that, that would be great. And we will see everybody next time.